All right. Woo. Oh, look it. God's multiplying things. I only had one iPad. Now I have two. What? Two iPads. <laughs> Did you want this one, Todd? <laughs> Where'd she go? Kara. Where's, look at Kara Holti. Woohoo! Thank you, Jesus. Kara had uh, back surgery, and she's already here worshiping with us again. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you for full recovery, full healing, full mobility with no pain in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Wow. I'm full. Very full right now. It is great to see you all. It really is. Um, I've, been, I've been saying this for a while, but I'm just going to keep saying it again because I need to keep getting this. I, I need to find words for this. But, but you, when I look at you, Shandy, I see the glory of God. And I could go, Terry, you know, I can go around the whole room. This is way better than romper room. You know, I see Johnny and Susie. You carry the glory of God, meaning, meaning I look at you and I'm amazed. I'm amazed. I'm, I'm in awe. And it's, it's only been growing. I, I know that sounds wild because we're so, this is what we're used to. We're used to like judging people, which means we're assessing how, you know, where we think they are in the scheme of things. Um, and without realizing who we're, we're looking at a, a piece of God's glory in that person. And I think the more we can stand in, I know this is, some of you will say, well, this is, we're only supposed to, you know, stand in awe of God. I know, except that he gave you a piece of himself and his, his glory. And we actually carry that. And when we start seeing that in each other, really seeing that, things are going to change. We're going to treat each other differently. So, and not just the people in this room, but everyone you come in contact with. Pre-believers carry the glory of God. What? I, I mean, scripturally, think about it. I, um, let's see. How about I'm going to pour out my, f my spirit on all flesh. How about um, all things by Jesus, for him, through him? That's Colossians 1, right? Meaning the only reason that anything exists, whether it's a person or a tree or whatever, is because the the power of Jesus is flowing through it, even if they don't know it. I'm serious. The very one that people are rejecting and saying, I don't believe in him. He's like, yeah, but I'm, I'm life in you anyway. So this is not my sermon. I'm just on a roll, okay? Uh, <laughs> that we've got to see the glory in each other. And, and I'm saying also you have to see it in yourself. Because here's another huge theme that... I'm, I'm not going to preach on tonight, but we have got, it's time to love ourselves well. The, the body of Christ, we've been learning for decades, some of you, you know, how to love God well. How to, when we get lost in worship and the presence is here and we love it. And we're, and we take that love and we're getting better at loving the world. We're getting better at not judging them and just choosing to love them because they're made in the image of God. But there's a, there's a piece of there that's missing, 
There's loving God, and then right here, loving yourself and loving others. And this loving yourself part, we're not doing it so well. I'm just telling you. I'm not scolding you because that's the opposite of loving you. But I'm just giving you truth that we have got to love ourselves. And this seems to be something God is starting to shout from the heavens to a bunch of people who seem to be listening and hearing the same message at the same time. He's saying, children, it's time to love yourselves well, to really love yourself the way I love you. See, that changes everything. And it will. But that still wasn't my message today, but it is. So what's my message? Um... A day in the life of Jesus. That's kind of odd. I mean, what? What? Okay, which day? Um, Jesus was an amazing, amazing man. An amazing man. We know that. You know, he, he, yes, the Savior. Yes, all those things. But he was an amazing man, person, man. Because, because he was... Um, stripped, if you will, of all of his godliness, godness, to do life the way we do life, which is empowered by the Holy Spirit, needing to seek the Father, um, needing to know all the time who he is because he has all the same temptations we have. See, those temptations come in a lot of forms. We, we think of when, when the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way that we were yet was without sin, sometimes we only think of certain temptations. Well, you know, maybe ones that... that Certain things that you struggle with, you're like, well, at least Jesus supposedly struggled somehow with the same thing, yet he didn't, he didn't uh, fall to that temptation. But it says he, he, he struggled with all things, meaning even the overwhelmness of life. I'm going to show you this in Scripture. Even the, just the overwhelmness of one day of his life and the demands that were placed on him and the, the people that hated him um, you know, we're, we get upset when one person looks at us wrong. You know, we, get, we can get offended for months when one person says something wrong. You know, Jesus, let me tell you, he had some haters around him, lots of them. Man, did he need to know who he was. So I, I, I'm going to show you one. I'm going to read to you. If you got your Bibles, I, when do you ever hear me say this? If you have your Bibles, get them out. You know why? Because usually I'm putting it up on the screen, you know, for you, but I'm not going to do that tonight. Well, at least not at this point. Um, because we're going to look at one day, just, just one day of Jesus' life in Mark. So it's chapter 1, starting with verse 14, and I go to about 39. Okay, so it starts like this. After John had been arrested, Jesus went into Galilee. Stop. This is how his day started. His cousin was arrested. And let me tell you, it wasn't like a misdemeanor charge. This was a, a, a not, this was a very um, evil regime. Is bad news that his cousin just got arrested. And we're going we're gonna to see that later. Really bad news. That was, that's what he, that's one of the first things in his day. So he decided he goes to Galilee and there he proclaims the gospel from God saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. 
All right, so he's already preaching, because I guarantee you that's not all he said. You know what I'm saying? So he's already preaching. There's, and, and by the way, when I um, talk about preaching later, they've, I don't know who they are who do, do these studies, but supposedly, is it one hour, Suzanne, of preaching? It uses up eight hours of adrenaline. You know, seriously, when you're speaking or preaching, that kind of thing. It's no wonder you get so tired later because you're using up all this. You're on when you're on, but when you're off later, you're like, whoa, I'm tired. All right, so he's already preaching. Then it says, as he walked by the lake of Galilee, he saw Simon and Simon's brother Andrew casting a net in the lake, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, come after me, and I will make you fishers of people. And at once they left their nets, and they followed him. Again, guarantee you there was a lot more dialogue than that, but meaning now he's, he's actually picking out some followers. So um, he's got some personal dialogue going on. Um, that actually takes... I'm just telling you, I'm, I, I don't know if you've ever really looked at the scriptures like just he lived life and all the stuff that, that wears us out, like sometimes relating to people. He, he did all that. He did a lot of that. Going on a little further, he sees James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, and they too were in the boat mending the nets. And at once he called them and, le uh, and uh, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the men he employed, they went after Jesus. Obviously, there's tons of of little um, sermons that I'm not going to preach here. They went as far as Capernaum, and at once on the Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. Okay, now he's with the big boys. So now he's preaching, but he's in the synagogue, which means that's people who know their stuff. They, they, they uh, learn their scriptures. So he's on, okay? Jesus is on here. And um, it says, and, and he began to teach, and his teaching made a deep impression on them because unlike the scribes, he taught them with authority. So what he was saying wasn't, they, he wasn't giving them facts. They were saying, who are you? Because it's like you know this, like you're living this thing you're talking about. We've not heard people like this. Who are you? And at once in their synagogue, there was a man with an unclean spirit, and he shouted, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Great. So he's in the middle of preaching. Let me tell you, this is high stress. I'm telling you something. If, if someone in this room suddenly started manifesting like crazy because they were demon, you know, uh, possessed or oppressed or something, that's going to... I got to decide what I'm going to do in that moment. Like, whoa, what are we going to do here? You don't think about this. You just read it along. You're going, da-da-da, okay, then someone did it, okay. No, I'm telling you, this is, this is one day in the life of Jesus. He's in the middle of preaching. He's, he's going for it. He's, he's on it. And then this demon starts shouting through a guy. And, of course, Jesus isn't going to have that. So he, he, he says, be quiet. Jesus rebuked it, saying, be quiet, come out of him. And the unclean spirit threw the man into convulsions with a loud cry went out of him. Now there's a scene. So now you got a guy, and he's on the floor, okay, screaming. I just want you to get the picture because that's really what was happening. The people were so astonished that they started asking one another what it all meant, saying, here's a teaching that's new and with authority behind it. And he gives orders even to unclean spirits, and they obey him. And his reputation at once is spreading everywhere through all of the surrounding Galilean countryside. Let me just say this. Part of the reason why people were so attracted to him when, he, when Jesus hit the scene, you have to remember they had 400 years of nothing spiritually, of 
dead dry. We get upset when we're dry for a week, you know, a month or two, and we're like, Lord, what's wrong? 400 years. How many generations is that? A lot of generations. I don't someone do the math. A lot of generations. So when he shows up on the scene, people are going, whoa, 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 whoa. What? Because we haven't seen light in a long time. So he's, here's Jesus on the scene. Now, we're still on the same day. At once, at once, I love Mark. Everything's immediately at once. Boom, boom, boom. Doo-doo. At once, on leaving the synagogue, Jesus went with James and John straight to the house of Simon and Andrew. Whew, okay, finally, he gets to go to their house. Can we just relax a little bit? No, I don't think so. Because Simon's mother-in-law was in bed and feverish, and at once they told him about her. Jesus, you know, even his friends, even his followers. Jesus, I know, can I just ask you this little favor? I know you wanted to rest, but my mom, she's not doing very well. (laughs) And he went into her, he took her by the hand, and he helped her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening, after sunset, oh, good, Uh, he's had a full day. Let me tell you, it's a lot fuller than even I'm reading it in here. He's had a full day. That evening after sunset, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were possessed by devils. I mean, he can't even see the end of the prayer line. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of people. The whole town came crowding around the door. And you think, you know, people are putting demands on you. And, and they might be, but this is a lot. He cured, he cured many who were sick with diseases of one kind or another. He also drove out many demons, but he wouldn't let them speak because they knew who he was. He's not going to let demons tell the world who he is. That's, that's not going to happen. So he says to them, no, you don't get to tell them who I am. Next verse, 35, in the morning. Okay, you get all this. He is, how many people did you pray for that night? I don't know. A lot. A lot. How many, you know, how much is it going to take out of you? Preaching, preaching, casting out a demon, preaching, healing, a lot of healing, a lot of deliverance. I am exhausted. I'm exhausted. Can I just go home? Maybe I'll watch TV. I'll just, I'll check out for a couple days and I'll get my energy back, right? In the morning, long before dawn, are you kidding me? I mean, can you just say 4 a.m.? Because that's about what we're talking about when it says long before dawn. He got up and he left the house and he went off to a lonely place and he prayed there. Um, He prayed. I, I don't know. I've read scriptures like this, you know, while it was still dark, long he prayed. And and these prayers, we can use them sometimes to, to kind of beat ourselves up, right? Like, gosh, if I was really spiritual, I'd be like Jesus and I'd get up while it's dark and I can't even I can't even get up. Um but I, I want to go deeper than that. I wanna I want you to ask yourself and and dream with me for a little bit. What what was that like? Because I'm telling you, the day I just described. I could tell you a lot more of them just like that for three years. What, what did he do out there with, with Papa? 
He said, he said, I want to introduce you. He was telling the people, I wanted to introduce you to my dad, Abba, Dada. You need to know him. He's amazing. He's not the dad you think he is. So what was his times like? And I found a, I found a picture a while ago that just kind of took my breath away. It, it was so, I, I just loved it so much. And, and here it is. This is what I think Jesus was doing while it was still dark. I'm not, I'm not saying he didn't have his moments of pacing and, you know, I, but this is what I think he was doing. He was, I, I, I think he was, I mean, like, okay, we just talked about this one day for him to go, wow, dad, you knew this was coming, but dang, can I just tell you that was hard. There's a whole lot of people that wanted a piece of me, and and, and thank you that you've empowered me, but I just want to be your boy again. I just want to be your son right now. Do you want to know how he rejuvenated? How would you rejuvenate? Because a lot of you are going through some tough stuff. You are. And I'm not trying to make light of that at all by comparing it to Jesus and saying, you know, stop whining. That's not what I'm trying to say. You, you go through some tough stuff. So we've got to be learning from him. How, how do, what does that look like to recharge? Because one thing I know is, I know TV doesn't do it. There's a lot of things that don't do it that we've all tried. I'm just going to check out and veg, and I deserve it. Um, I'm not saying there isn't time to have fun, veg. I'm just saying we've we got to learn what this is. And, and the Father's been revealing his heart, as you well know. If you've been around here much, you've seen there, there's been some things changing in the atmosphere dramatically. And it's an awareness, and it's a hunger, but it's more than a hunger. It's a hunger that's getting filled. And, and it's a, a desire for his presence. But, but um, i got to tell you, the only reason that's happening is because the Father is revealing his, himself to us. Because he's... he's we would still be kind of in this fog, and some of us are, you know, in, a, in, in different degrees of fog, but he's blowing that away, and he's saying, I'm going to show you who I really am. Because for a long time, you've been trying to do things for me, and you've been assessing your own, uh, you know, gauging yourself how you think you're doing, and you know what? It's killing you because the world's wearing you down, and you need me. You need, you're going to need to know who I really am. So I'm looking at this, and I, I'm... I want you to, uh, I'm going to play a song, and um, we're just going to kind of gaze on this with, with Jesus for a moment, to think about what, I, I, this is where I want, what I want Holy Spirit to help us all do right now, is, is to go there with Jesus. Jesus, what was that like? When you, what, after a day like that, and you got up while it was dark, what drew you after a few hours sleep, when you probably were exhausted and you said, I don't care because I got to have this. What was that? Hmm. That's the heartbeat of the Father for you. That's what Jesus had to have. I'm curious uh, right then, did, did some of you get pulled in somewhere? Did, did the Lord show you some things? Yeah. Anyone want to share? Okay. Just wanted to know. Oh, yeah, come on up.
Hi, I'm Brittany. Um, so I saw a picture. I saw a picture, um, and it had uh, Jesus, and his eyes were blazing fire, and he was like a, in a painting. And I saw him reach his hand out, and there was um, fire all around him. And I stepped into the painting and started dancing with him. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome, Brittany. Anyone else? Okay. We're going to, oh, yeah, come on, Matthew. So uh, I kind of had the same response as uh, Pastor Brent when he put that on the overhead. And as soon as it went up, I just felt this intense longing for the Father. Like, I, I, I believe what God was showing me is he, him, it's like, it's not, I don't even know how to put it to words. It's like uh, he's spending time with his, his, his papa. And it's like the, the time that he treasures the most out of anything else is the best way I could describe it. Like, of course, he loves us. That's why he died for us. But the time he treasured most is this time. Like, he wouldn't allow anything um, to stop him from spending this time with his papa. And it's just this this utter longing, this aching um, to be with his dad. And I don't know, again, I don't think words can do it justice, but um, I believe that all of you, uh, what Pastor Brent is talking about, all of us can enter into that. So. We're going to do this again in just a minute. We're going to try it again, um, but first I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you one more day. Um, this is in Matthew 14. And um, the first thing that happens, remember I told you that in the first day that we read in Mark 1 that um, uh, his cousin got arrested, and I said that, that was not a good thing, right, John the Baptist. you guys, you got to realize they grew up together. They were, they were cousins, their moms were pregnant at the same time, and woo, we're so excited, and we're going to have a baby. And, I mean, just like anybody would, they were living life, right? They were, it, and, um, and I guarantee you those mamas didn't think that their two sons were going to die the way they did. And so here we are on, in Matthew 14, um, Jesus finds out that his cousin John has been beheaded. Now I'm telling you, we, we, again, we read things so often, we miss, we kind of lose the significance of how traumatic that was. Are you kidding? You know, not just your cousin died. Oh, they, they cut his head off. Now you have to live with the trauma of even thinking about that. Is just, John's disciples were the one that ran over to Jesus that day after they saw it happen, after they took the body and the head and buried it. And then they go tell Jesus about it. Can you imagine how traumatized they were when they told Jesus? You know, just, I, I, I can't, but I'm trying to put it, I'm trying to make this more real because we, we, we don't realize the stuff that Jesus went through, the trauma that he went through every, every you know, many, many days of his life that he needed Papa for. 
And, and of course, he had the Holy Spirit. He had the Holy Spirit living in him as well. So his cousin is beheaded. The next thing it says is, I, I have got to get away. He takes, it doesn't say how many of his followers, but it says they take off on a boat. He's like, that's the only place he can get away from the crowds. Right? At least if I'm on a boat in the water, they can't get to me. Right? I'm serious because he needed, he is massively grieving at the moment and trying to, trying to come to grips with what he just heard. And, um, and so what it says, though, is that as, as they, you know, they were going along, the crowds followed him. They found out, oh, here he, he, hey, he's coming in. They've already beat him there to where he is on the shore. And, then, and the next thing it says just makes me cry. He says, and, and Jesus had compassion on them. You know, he just, his cousin was brutally murdered. I, I don't, I'm not sure what he did on the boat. You know, was he, how many disciples with, with him? I don't know. Was he by himself and they just let him, gave him time and they were just steering the boat? Were, were some of them with him and just grieving with him? I don't know. But he steps off the boat. Here's the crowd that knows nothing of that. All they know is this is Jesus and we need healing and we, he says things that make us feel good. We need him. And so suddenly all this pull on him again. And, um, and he has compassion on them. That's just amazing. And, uh, and this is where you read about the miracle of the loaves and the fish. This is the same day. This is the same day. And so because the crowds have followed him, he's preaching to them. Now they're hungry. They don't have food. His disciples don't know how to feed him. Jesus says, you do it. They're like, I don't even know what you're talking about, Jesus. And he says, here, I'll show you. Blesses it. Food multiplies. 5,000 people, 5,000 men plus women and children is what the scriptures say. Um, so a whole lot of people. That's, think of, that's a lot of people. And he's ministering to all of them. And then at the end of that day, this is what he does. He's, first of all, he says to his followers, his disciples, go away. Go on the boat. Go to the other side. Go away. He sends them first. This is what it says. He sends them first, and the next thing is he disperses the crowds. Jesus, who 5,000 people are, five, well, no, five, maybe 10,000, 12,000, whatever, people are following him. And he's the one that disperses the crowds because you know there would be no end to that prayer line. There would never be an end. I don't care how many days he stayed there. But he says to them all, go home. And he meant it, go home. I'm, I'm, it didn't say that in the scriptures, but how else do you tell, how else did you get rid of a crowd? You tell them, go home. Why? Because he had to be with his father. He had to be with his father. Check this out. At, at once, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat <laughs> get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side where he's, uh, and while he sent the crowds away. After, after sending the crowds away, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. So when evening came, that means he did it before evening. That's what, that's, that's what it's saying. So because when evening came, but he was already up in the hills to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. And while, um, and while the boat, by now some furlongs from land, was hard pressed by rough waves, for there was a headwind. In the fourth watch of the night, can everyone say 3 to 6 a.m.? That's the fourth watch of the night. He starts, he heads up into the mountains before it's dark, before the evening. And at somewhere between 3 and 6 a.m., he's deciding, I think I'm going to go walk on the water. 
and go hang out with my friends. What happened? You know, what, what did God do? Why, why was, I, I want it for all of you. You, you. you go through things. You're going through things that are hard at times. Relationships, uh, changes in life, you know, uh, circumstances, things going on around you that are hard. So um, wh- what is it, again, that drew Jesus to spend all that time? And, and, and one more time, let's look at this. Can you just imagine? Whoa, I didn't mean to do that. Let me go back. Oh, shoot. Okay, we're trying here. Okay. Whew. All right, technology. Because um, we're going to go into this time together. But, but again, what, what drew Jesus? What, what was he going through? Because you go through stuff too. And we just heard, you know, Matt eloquently talked about, about this hunger for Papa. You know, what, uh, how do we experience that? So I want us to go back into this scene again. Only this time, the music that I'm going to pick has no words to it. It's just, it's just some background, some soaking music. But this is what I want you to do. Last time I was asking you, try to, try to get in there and feel what Jesus was feeling after these days. This time I want to ask you to do this as it starts. I want to ask you to, to nuzzle up next to Jesus on the rock next to him and look up with him because there's a place for you. He says, I'm, I am not only your savior, but your big brother. So come and let's look at the father together and let's see where he takes you right now. And even Jesus next to you is saying, I, I know you've been going through hard things. I know. Let's look. asking that while we're while we're still kind of in this place getting caught up learning learning to allow ourselves to be caught up i'm saying god would you put a a jealousy in our heart for for the more that you offer us the more that you say that you you have for us would you put something in our hearts god that longing that i've got to go be with my papa So I know that wasn't a long time, but um, anybody want to share something that the Lord was doing with you when you saddled up next to Jesus? Yeah, come on, Tina. So um, Jesus was here, and he had his arm around me, and, and he just went, see the stars? Look at this. This is your name. Awesome. Uh, you feel that? <laughs> I did. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, uh, yeah, come on. And then, is there, is there one, someone else? Anyone else? One more, maybe. Okay, after him, yeah. 
what I saw was just a sense of awe. It's like, do you get it? Do you get how deep the universe is? Do you get that we've connected with every star, every grain of sand, every little bit? We own it all. We got it. A thousand cattle to a thousand hills. What are you worried about? Hakuma Matata. <laughs> we got your back. Don't worry. <laughs> Henry, what did you see? What did God show you? This is very profound, and it's very intimate. Uh, it re first video, I feel I, I was doing that when, when you said, I feel I was like right there, and I was not nudging with Jesus and trying to feel what he, how he feels throughout the day. And then... He is allowing me to sit right next to him, next to a rock. And then I feel like there's a, you know, you see the YouTube video, a video that have light that through the uh, eternal universe in the dark that shining through you, keep changing the landscape. And it's like that. And I was sitting there just like that while the scenery changed with different lights. It's very holy moments. All this time, I was sitting quietly, and I feel he said to me and Jesus, he said, I know. I care. I understand. And I reign. Just stop for a moment. This is this is a holy moment. Because Father's here. Tonight we spent a lot a lot of time worshiping Jesus. And you know what? Papa loves that. He loves it when we worship Jesus. That's a big part of his plan. Because if you think about it, he's 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 causing us to learn how to love well. And he's called us together, the bride of Jesus. And he's saying, as, as any married couple knows, it, there, there is a progression of learning how to love. And, um, and so the father loves it. He says, yeah, Jesus is your groom, so I'm going to teach you how to love him well. That's part of the plan. But the father, Papa's here too. He's here. Holy Spirit's here too. And Papa's uh, pleasure is over you. And he says to you, my children, I've made a promise. It's a covenant. And to me, covenant is a really big deal. I can't break it. And this is my promise. This is my covenant with you. I will take care of you. I will love you. 
every moment of every day of your lives. I will love you. I choose to love in all that I do. My covenant promise says that even when the enemy tries to muck things up, I will have the final word. My promise to you is that I will turn everything for good. Keep looking at me. Keep your heart of love engaged with my heart of love for you. And watch me over and over again frustrate the plans of the enemy. Because mine are the only ones that are going to be fulfilled in your life. And I know, children, I know all things. I know the, the things you've been discouraged with. I know the, the ways that you have felt like you have failed. And I tell you, you are a winner because I made you that way. And I'm revealing to you my heart that does not change for you. You've known about it a little but I'm going to cause you to saturate in it, to, to see it, to experience it, to know it in your knower, my passion, my approval, my acceptance, my love, my mercy, my tenderness, my kindness over you. Because, because children, I... That's what the world's waiting for. The world is waiting for love the way it really exists, the way that I release it because I am love. The world is longing for it. And so I'm going to start with you, and I'm going to love on you, and I'm going to love on you, and I'm going to love on you, and I'm going to lavish my love on you until you believe to the core of my being, my daddy loves me. And the world is going to want that love. And you're going to know exactly where to take them. And Jesus, thank you for being the high priest that you're called in, in the book of Hebrews who can sympathize with our weaknesses because you've been there. You were here. You were on this planet. You lived it just like we did. You had to take your next breath just like we do. You had to seek the Father. And you have shown us such an incredible model of how to release offense, how to deal with demands on us, how to release the goodness of the kingdom, and to do it all with a heart that stays connected to the Father. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us. And thank you that you are not only, you're not just there watching. The word says you are interceding for us nonstop. And so if you tie that into Romans 8, that says, how can we lose? How can we lose? Because the only one that has the power to be against us, truly against us, is the one that is 100% for us. Thank you, Jesus.
So I'm asking, Holy Spirit, this is where I'm going to ask you to help because you are, you are the one that, um, that's been given as a gift, as a deposit guaranteeing all that is to come. And so, Holy Spirit, would you, would you give us that irresistible wanter, wanting in our wanter to want Papa and to want to get away and to gaze up and listen to the Father's voice, the one that Jesus so clearly articulated and clearly lived out so that he could say, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. Thank you, God, for this time we're living in because it's unlike any other time we've been in in history. And the, the thing that has changed is you, Father, cannot contain yourself anymore. <laughs> You're saying my kids have to know. They have to know. I'm going to make them know how much I really love them. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. So I want to go into a time of prayer for you um, because we talked about that, you know, some of you have been going through stuff. And um, this is what I know. I know that I know that prayer changes things. I know that we've been invited with God to co-labor with him, to partner with him, to agree with heaven, and it changes things. And um, I, first of all, I want to ask, I don't, I don't, is Shannon here? Uh, Shannon, the one who got healed a week ago? She would, okay. So um, we'll have her share another week, but there was, I will just give the short testimony that, because we read in the day of life of, you cannot read a day in the life of Jesus and not see people get healed and set free. That's the normal in the kingdom. And uh, last week, um, there was a woman, Shannon, she'll share her own story, but I will just say she uh, was suffering from fibromyalgia, which is a very painful, um, your, your body doesn't, you know, digest foods right and stuff, very painful um, condition. And um, a- after praying for her, she she felt, she said she felt like every cell in her body was in a cloud. And um, she's had no pain since, zero pain. God completely took it away. So... Uh, and we, we honestly, every single week, we're seeing we're seeing God do amazing things. So this is this is what I want to um, ask next is before we we are going to have the prayer teams come up here in a minute to pray for you. And before we do that, um, Bill Hernandez had a word. So Bill has got a different for a different kind of healing, a different kind of freedom that he wants to speak about. And uh, then we're going to have uh, you up for prayer. Those that want it. It was freezing cold in here. Sitting over there, there's a blast of... And I went outside to go get my, my jacket, and the Lord said, well, I, I brought you out here. I blasted you out there so I can talk to you just for a moment. And uh, as I was coming back, I just saw this beautiful, beautiful sunset. Really just amazing sunset. And I really felt like the Lord was saying that he was going to be doing some deep healing in people's lives uh, tonight, that there was going to be some healings. And what I mean by healing is not, not necessarily physical, but inner healing stuff, really deep stuff. 
And uh, one of the things that the Lord has been um, showing me over the last two weeks, and, uh, you know, I'm a, I pick things up. I'm kind of like a, a sensor, and the Lord just kind of shows me the deep stuff that people are going through, and I've just been, like, under this, just laboring in my spirit and picking up a lot of conflict and stuff. And so I, I felt like, I felt like the Lord was just kind of showing me that there are people here that are really going through an awful lot of uh, duress, as it were, in their souls, um, a lot of pain, a lot, a lot of suffering, uh, a lot of, uh, um, I guess the best way just uh, to describe it is just kind of loneliness, you know, and I can hear it in my mind. I'm lonely. I'm tired. I want to run away. I want to kill myself. Uh, nobody loves me. Nobody cares. I'm lost. It's the end of the world. I want to escape. There's just a lot of escaping. I kind of sense that there are several of you here that just really want to escape. Like, just kind of leave. Like, even leave this place. Leave this church. So I felt like the Lord was showing me that. And it's kind of like, it's kind of, you know, why does the Lord show me these things? And, and one time, you know, many years ago, the Lord, uh, I asked the Lord, why do you show me these things? And he said, it's my heart. I'm giving you a piece of my heart, and my heart feels those things. And so I'm letting you feel some of that. And it's just kind of, you know, and, and almost always, it's like, right at the advent of, uh, of healing, of freedom for, for people. And a, a lot of ministry can happen if you respond to it and if you can receive it and hear it. I feel like, the, you know, like we're like, we're, you know, who is it, Doug Addison, he was saying that we're going to be going through this season, it's going to feel like the opposite, like we're going backwards instead of forwards. And, and, and it's like he's just encouraging us to keep going forward. And I feel like that's what the Lord is saying. He's saying weeping may last for a night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. And the Lord just kept giving me that when we were here in the service. And I really feel that there is going to be a shout of joy for some of you tomorrow morning. as the, the healing uh, penetrates into your hearts. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. He's already hooking into some of you right now. He's already hooking. He's sinking the hook. And I feel like the Lord is saying, you know, the, you know uh, he started showing me, he said uh, that we all have this amazing, powerful, famous, rich, wealthy person, the most influential person in the entire universe, and he's your friend, and that's the Lord. Even if you don't have, any, don't have anyone else, even if you don't feel that you have anybody else, you've got an amazing star 
on your side. I feel like he's saying, don't give up. This is not the time to give up. This is the time to dig in and to not let go. You've been working so hard, and I've been working with you. I feel like the Lord said, I've been working with you. You've been working so hard. Hang in there. Don't let the enemy rob you of your destiny. He says, I am the potter and you're the clay. Don't argue with the potter. <laughs> and it needs to be, let it be unto me, Lord, as you will. Some of you feel like, well, I'm just leading an ordinary Christian life. Well, maybe the Lord has called you to embrace that. Maybe that's just an everyday Christian. What's wrong with that? But you're an amazing everyday Christian. <laughs> you have an amazing star on your side. The king of the universe has you in his arms forever, forever and ever and ever, and he's never going to let you go. And I don't know about you, but I like that famous person. Yeah. Please sign my autograph book. Lord, <laughs> you get the first page. <laughs> so I really feel this whole thing. I says, Lord, you know, just... Let the Lord do what he needs to do in your life. And hang in there. So that's one of the things is, you know, do unto me, Lord, as you will. Repeat after me. Do unto me as you will, Lord. Yes. And the other thing that really helps, and I think the Lord was showing me this too, is that there is a, a lot of anger, anger towards other people. Uh, just, you know, people have irritated you. They've said the wrong thing. They haven't done the right thing. They haven't recognized how amazing you are. They're not in tune with God. <laughs> and you need to forgive them. I feel like the Lord is saying you need to forgive so-and-so, not forgive that so-and-so. <laughs> that actually came out of my mouth. Okay, so. I want you to just think of someone, if, if it's you, you feel like you have just, you're obsessed with this anger, that you can only think about how much you can't stand this person or how much they did you wrong or whatever. I want you to just think just for a moment. Let the Lord show you.
Now repeat after me. I forgive this person, all of you together. I forgive this person. So every time that anger comes up about that individual, just stop and say, I forgive this person and I bless them. And you move on. And I feel like the Lord is saying, and you will be healed. And you, whoa. And you will be healed and you will be set free. Carla, you're an angel. And you just bring the grace of God every time you're here. Thank you so much. <laughs> that was a segue. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> pardon? Um, uh, I want to pray. Can I just do it? All right, assume the position. <laughs> Close your eyes. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Father, I, I just thank you for your healing grace. Just thank you for your healing grace. Thank you, Father. I ask, Lord, that you would just touch each person here, that you would empower them. For those of you that can just relate to these words and the words that Brent was speaking today, that you would empower those words, that power would go and drive those words into each person's heart, and that you would give each person the grace to take a hold of their healing so that there can be a shout of joy tomorrow, a parting in the clouds, a reprieve from the obsessive thinking about the misery or whatever it might be. I, I break off, I just break off, off of you that obsessive, compulsive disorder where you ruminate over and over and over. It just goes over and over and over in your mind and it just can't seem to stop. The Lord rebuke that over you in Jesus' name. And the Lord set you free from that. And the Lord cut that off of you. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Lord. I see like these balls of light that the Lord is just kind of dropping into your souls. They look like almost like pearls just dropping into some people's hearts right now. That's, that's deep healing, deep inner healing. It's going all the way deep inside. Whoa. Deep inside. 
And Father, I also ask that you would heal chemical imbalances in people's minds and in their brains, that you would just regulate those chemicals, anything that brings confusion or imbalance in thoughts and emotions. I also ask, Lord, that you would just enter into people's sleep tonight, that there would just be restful, peaceful sleep. No insomnia. Just deep, restful sleep. Well, I should see that. Just a shot of joy comes in the morning. It's, it's going to be there tomorrow. Do unto me as you will, Lord, and I forgive. So um, I think that um, there's prayer teams, that I guess, that are going to come on up. And if you need prayer, come on up. And um, prayer teams, who? The blue team? Okay. The blue team. Go blue. Thank you. Um, I, I didn't get a chance to welcome you if you're new, and I see a lot of new faces. And we are so glad you're here tonight. You, we know that the Lord drew you here. So um, on the back table, there will be some pink sheets of paper. If you want to fill out your name in a way that we can contact you, just to help you feel more connected. And finally, um, Todd is going to just, he just felt really stirred a little bit ago to, to lead some worship. So if you're thinking, well, I don't really know what I need prayer for, and you just want to soak and let the Lord through Todd sing over you, we're going to do that as well. So we're, we're, we're kind of officially, you know, concluded the service, so you're free to go. But if you want prayer or if you just want to soak, then stay put. If you want prayer, come this way. Take courage, take heart, I am your father. I will pour out my spirit if you believe. I'll pour it out for you to receive. you. Yeah. 